Good morning, Central Illinois. Welcome to another edition of The Car Guy on PeoriaLife.com. I'm Greg McCoy with, here with Brett Beachler. How are you doing, Brett? Fantastic, Greg. How are you doing? Great. Uh, just for those who may not know who Brett is, Brett is the VP, Vice President of Beachler's Vehicle Care and Repair at the uh, corner of University and War Memorial in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Busiest intersection in Peoria, right? Yes, it is. So you got a lot of traffic there. We have a lot of traffic. Approximate 85,000 cars a day, I think, the last wow. count, but I, I don't know if I necessarily buy that, but... Do you ever worry about asbestos coming off brakes, uh, people stopping for that? No, no. Okay. Not good. anymore. They don't have to put asbestos in brakes? No, it's a lot cleaner. Most brakes are what they call ceramic, so cleaner good. brake dust that comes out. And there's no lead in the gas anymore. So. No lead in the gas. Yep. Great. We got that going for us. All right. Well, today, I think we're going to talk about the cost of owning a car, right? Absolutely. We talked last week about buying a car mm-hmm. and selling a car. And that kind of ties into this. Um, and a lot of people think or don't really think about the fact that that car is costing them as they go along. Every day, every mile they drive costs. And, and that's a major factor. But people, Absolutely. people think that they buy a car for $20,000 or whatever, and their car payment is the only cost involved in putting gas in the tank. But there's more to it than that. So why don't you give us a brief rundown of that? Well, there's much more to it. Uh, our philosophy is essentially encouraging folks to keep their cars 250,000 miles plus. That's a lot of miles. Um, it's a lot of miles. Um, what I try to encourage people to, and, and get them to understand is it's a tool. It's not a status symbol. Its job is to get you from point A to point B. And if, and if people really step back and take a look at the numbers that I'm about to lay out, I think they'll, they'll make a less emotional decision about cars and maybe a long-term investment uh, in, in, in the, in the, uh, essence of lightening their wallet in terms of keeping as much money as they can in their, in their portfolio. So one of the things I always start off with when I teach my lunch and learns, cause I do an on the road class that I teach people the, basically the in and the out of our car industry, how it works, uh, the numbers on cars. One of the big numbers that comes into play is about 50 to 55 cents a mile to operate a car. And people kind of step back from that and Go, well, how, how do you get all those pennies to add up to 50 to 55 cents a mile? One of the things that calculates into this, so if you buy a $20,000 vehicle and you keep it 75,000 miles, depreciation expense alone is over 26 cents a mile of that 55 cents a mile. But people might say, yeah, but that's not really a, a real cost. Oh, it's a real cost. You take $20,000 and divide it by 75,000 miles, you get 26.6 cents a mile, period. Well, you take that same car and you stretch it out to 250,000 miles. The depreciation expense only, this is just depreciation, goes down to 8 cents a mile. So there's a tremendous impact when you're able to keep a car a long time. You preserve it, you take care of it, you keep it clean, you keep the interior clean because there's an emotional pride that goes with cars that are clean, I believe, um, exterior and interior wise. Um, so it has a, a major effect on your wallet long-term. And I'll, I'll explain at the end here, um, in terms of the big number, what it costs to operate a car 20 th- or uh, 50 years. And then we'll back it down into if you can keep those cars, 250,000 miles plus what it actually does to that big number and affects you. So, you know, one of the other numbers we look at is fuel and, and, you know, I know we're in a very inexpensive time of our lives where fuel's relatively cheap. And I don't necessarily like that word, but buck sixty nine, buck seventy nine a gallon 
relative to where it's been over the last three to five years is, is fairly inexpensive. Um, I, I'm not a doomsdayer at all, but I do believe three and four and five dollar a gallon fuel prices will come back. They'll be back There's, eventually. They'll be back eventually. There's a big battle going on. Um, we've talked about it in previous shows where, um, you know, the Middle Easterners can take the barrel of oil down to about $9 a barrel and still make money. So there's a big game they're trying to play, a big global game they're trying to play to take our domestic guys and take them out as best they can so we're not producing oil over here because we can't afford that. We can't afford $9 a barrel. So you look at the fuel on a vehicle, um, uh, you know, the miles per gallon. You take a car that gets 30 miles a gallon at a buck sixty. We'll just go with the, the current rate right now. It's about a nickel a mile to feed that fuel in the car. Uh, you take that down to 15 miles a gallon or less, you're at about almost 11 cents a mile feeding that car alone in fuel. So I'm not averse at all to SUVs and trucks. I mean, they serve a purpose, but if you're if you need to do it, then do it, of course. But I always encourage folks, that's a, that's a big dramatic impact on the end number that you'll see here in a few minutes in terms of what it takes. So we've got the fuel aspect of it. So it's a nickel to a dime a mile of that 55 cents. Um, you know, you go to tires. I always, I always laugh, and I know Adam White is an acquaintance. I don't know him personally. If I were to call him, he'd know who I was, but he owns Running Central. I always laugh. The shoes that he sells are about 10 cents a mile, give or take. The tires that any good automotive shop sells are about one penny a mile. So relative to that 55 cents, uh, tires are not very expensive. I know people tend to choke when they go buy, buy tires, but they're relatively to how many miles you're going to get out of those tires are not expensive. Um, you, you jump into an SUV or a big truck, those tires of 600 bucks will go to about $1,000 a set, 800 to to $1,000 a set. Especially when you consider that your life depends on them? Yeah. Compared yeah. to a running yeah, shoe. It's, <laughs> it's the, the one contact to the road that you have, you know, um, that's, that's, it's really important to have good tread on tires. Um, so you, you could, at worst, you could go up to about two cents a mile on tires. Um, I shouldn't say that because some sports cars, you can bump into the $1,500 and then you're only going to get about 20,000 miles out of them. So that, that essentially changes that whole aspect. But most of us who are driving vehicles are not in that, that realm of four to five to six cents a mile to operate a car with tires. Now, of course, if you got one of those big Caterpillar tractors where the tire is as big yeah. as your house, that's a different story. That's a, that's a little different yeah. part of the story. Yeah, they're in the thousands of dollars per tire. So um, then you bump into insurance. Uh, the average, according to AAA, the average insurance um, bill that people pay per year on each of their cars is about $1,023. Per so car. That, per car. So that's just under seven cents a mile of that 55 cents. So, um, you know, herein lies, you got the fuel costs, you've got the insurance costs are about equal when it all boils down to it. Uh, then you got the factory maintenance. That's about three and a half to four cents a mile. Um, and what I always encourage people to do is watch out for um, other locations or other vehicles because that factory maintenance can go up to nickel to six to seven cents a mile. And I, I of course, won't explain any models here on, on the radio show, but there are vehicles out there that are more expensive to operate per mile, period. Um, that's a that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation I would have of, with a customer. If they were coming to me or one of my advisors, they were kinda coming to us and saying, hey, which car do you think I should buy? And they came with a, a half dozen different vehicles. We could explain, hey, this one's going to be more expensive than that one to operate. We just know the, the cars well enough and know the breakdown ratios um, that we could encourage folks to go one way or the other. Is there really a difference? Now, I'm talking about just a standard mid-size sedan kind of cars, one brand versus the other in terms of total operating costs? 
That's a that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> there there is a difference. I, I would say, generally speaking, domestic and Asian vehicles um, are very similar in their operating expenses. You get into European vehicles, which I th- I think are fine cars, but overall, European vehicles are going to cost the customer more per mile. Um, a lot of that's due to repair costs. And a lot of it's uh, repair parts. costs. Um, parts are more expensive on it. Uh, sometimes, you know, you get in, back into the repair costs of procedures on one vehicle, maybe six hours to replace the water pump in this car. And on this domestic car, it might be two hours. So it, it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but all of this adds up to that um, cost per mile number that we'll, we keep driving at. And that's one of the things that we at Beachler's um, really strive toward is reducing that cost per mile. It's not about hourly rate. It's not about, you know, um, what it takes to operate a car. It's all about the cost of that vehicle to, to operate it per mile. That's really what it boils down to. Because I can go out in the world and I can I could sell oil changes for $19, but I also don't have the flip side of it where I've got all these other residual things I've got to sell you for that oil change to make money. So um, it really boils down to what is your shop going to charge you to, to to operate that car per mile in terms of the repairs and the maintenance. So repairs and maintenance, uh, is that a part, is that a component of the 50 to 55 cents uh, per mile? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a component of the 50 to 55 cents per mile. So um, significant impact, but I think the greatest impact that you can have on reducing that 55 cents a mile is how long you keep that car. And I've proven it through the numbers. Um, uh, and, you know, one of the things, the other things I talk about, I, I do this in my presentation. I actually did it a few weeks ago at um, my daughter's middle school. I was talking to the fifth through eighth graders. And I asked the kids, I said, hey, who in here has their parents drive them more than 10 miles to school? And I had a half dozen hands that raised up and I had a roll of quarters bundled up. And I said, all right, here's what I want you to do tomorrow morning. I threw the kid the roll of quarters and I said, I want you to pay your mom and dad to take you to school and pick you up. And he kind of looked at me a little befuddled, like, what are you talking about? And I said, essentially what that's, that money signifies is, or symbolizes is that is the expense that your parents are incurring to get you to school 10 miles and back from school back home. So 20 miles, you're, you're looking at a roll of quarters to operate that car. So the point was, I was trying to drive home to these kids is don't think it's just the gas you put in the car or your, you know, mom and dad doing the oil change on the car. There's much, much more to that expense of driving that vehicle. So I was trying to drive home the relativity of, Hey guys, don't jump into cars that are $20,000 when you're 16 years old, because you can't afford it. I mean, bottom line is you can't afford it. Your parents might be able to afford it, but you can't afford it. So, um, so you go down to the expense per mile. So you, you take a car, and you're going to drive it an average of 15,000 miles a year, give or take. You start driving at age 16, 18, whatever you want to call it. And you drive 50 years. Okay, you take that $20,000 car, you drive 50 years, you roll it over every 75,000 miles, you go buy another $20,000 car. That number goes up to $441,000 to operate that $20,000 car, get rid of it every 75,000 miles, and keep it until that that process until you're 68 years old. So that's the total amount of money that's you would have spent over 50 years. Total amount of money. For transportation. For transportation. So the reason I teach this number is not to have people not buy cars. That's not the point of why I teach this. Um, we all know that we essentially our society cannot live without cars. 
we've suburbanized. Everybody lives more than a mile away from school and grocery stores and all the essential items you need. Unless you live in downtown Chicago or something. Unless you live in downtown Chicago. I got a brother that lives in downtown Cincinnati. He walks everywhere he possibly can. Now he's a medical equipment salesman and he's got to have a car to be able to go to the hospitals. But um, in the end, he walks to the grocery store. That was his whole point of his lifestyle is he wanted to be able to walk everywhere he could go in terms of what he needs right away. But most of us rely on cars. We can't live without them. We could, we just don't know it. Um, so you take that number of 441,000 and then you flip it and you are able to take that car and you keep it until 250,000 miles. And you take that same philosophy and you keep driving and driving and driving and then you get rid of it after 250,000 miles, give or take. That $441,000 goes down to right around $300,000. Okay, so who in this room... <laughs> would like to have that $140,000 left over from your philosophy change of keeping a car 75,000 miles as opposed to 250,000 miles. Every one of us. You know, that's college education for one of your kids, potentially. Um, it's more money you can put in your retirement fund. It's more money you can tithe to your church, or give to charities, or whatever you want to do if you choose this route of keeping a car as long as you possibly can. Now, there are, there are factors that go into this keeping the car. You've got to have good frames on the car, good bodies. You know, we've had customers that come in and they've got 195,000 miles in their car and they've got, you know, $800, $800 worth of repairs to do to it, but the frame's rusted. You got subframes about ready to fall out and we say, pull the plug. Not worth putting the money into it because you're, you're not going to be able to amortize that $800 over the next two, three, four, four, four years to be able to keep that car because it's going to fall apart right underneath you. It happens. For example, let's say you get somebody who doesn't drive that much per year, 10,000 miles, just mm -hmm. to use a number. And we talk about driving a car 250,000 miles. That person would keep that car 25 years. Is that reasonable? <laughs> um, it, you know, it could be. It depends upon the conditions that you keep the car. I mean, if you keep it in the garage at night, I mean, I know my wife and I, we have a two-car garage and both cars stay in the garage. Uh, I'll... I'll be honest with you, I got a 1997 and I got a 2003 car, both with over 200,000 miles on them. So I, 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 I walk what I'm talking. Um, I don't like car payments. Uh, I, I have other things that I want to do with my money that's bestowed upon me. Um, so is, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. It's very well possible if you preserve the car. Now, if a car sits out, and we've talked about this in previous radio shows, if a car sits out in the sunlight 24-7, and then the elements 24-7, you're probably not going to get 25,000 miles or 25 years out of that car. Um, and I'll just be frank with you. That's just the elements. And sun's one of the biggest factors affecting vehicles. Very hard on vehicles. The interior, you know, you look down in, in Phoenix, most everybody down there has dashboard covers and rear dash covers just because the sun cracks up the dashboards um, like no tomorrow. So anyway, so it, if possible... Examine the philosophy of how long you keep the vehicles. Uh, 250,000 miles is ideal. I know there's other shops out there that encourage 200,000 miles. Does it help our shops? Absolutely. But in the end, it really boils down to your wallet and how far you want to stretch your dollar and the investment that you have parked inside or outside of your garage. And always remember, it's a tool to get you from one point to the other, period. So questions from all those <laughs> well you know it's interesting that you say it's it's a tool and i think that's a good point and unfortunately so many people i think when when it comes to the decision of keeping a car or not keeping a car buying another car it is very emotional it's there are so many things that go into it uh, status 
uh, wanting the newest thing out there, wanting the newest technology. They have a car that's five years old. They take a ride in somebody else's new car that's got all these new fancy technology kinds of things. And they say, I got to have one of those. And you roll that all together. I think sometimes people get new car fever. And they just make the decision that I'm going to trade cars. I want a new car. And, and they don't allow economics to come into the decision. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I think the greatest explanation for that is we have to have people who buy new cars. I mean, somebody's got to take that new car purchase, uh, quote unquote, hit that I always talk about. Um, I, I think one of the numbers that I, I, I laid out a few weeks ago was the average vehicle is $28,000. If you buy it, it loses 60% of its value. I'm sorry, 40% of its value in the first four years. Uh, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So my encouragement to people is always to buy a fairly new used car. Um, allow somebody else to take the hit on the on the uh, the expense of the new car. You're always going to have a demographic out there that buys new cars. Period. You're not, never going to be able to shy away from that. Um, but I would always encourage folks to purchase a new used car whenever they're purchasing cars because that allows somebody to take that. And uh, most people on the radio are probably uh, familiar with the statistical bell curve. It allows somebody to take the hit of the tremendous loss on that value of the vehicle in the first two to four years uh, off of your hands and put it onto somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So, Another interesting point, I think, is the fact that a lot of what you're talking about is part of a greater philosophy, which is, and how do I want to say this um, in a nice way, the idea of getting ahead financially. And I say that in a positive way. I don't mean putting other people down getting ahead of other people, just getting ahead yourself. Or another way to say it would be trying to strive towards financial independence. And by that, I don't mean getting rich. I'm not talking about becoming a multimillionaire or Donald Trump or anything. I'm just saying getting to the point where you're out of debt and you can support a reasonable lifestyle without lots and lots of money coming in all the time. That's what I would define perhaps as financial independence. And the car that you drive or cars, unfortunately, I can remember a time when we had three teenagers. We had four cars at one point. I'm glad we're not there anymore. <laughs> but uh, your car and your transportation is probably your second biggest expense in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond, Sometimes the most expense, biggest expense in your life. Sometimes. I suppose, depending on the house you, you have and so forth. But uh, part of uh, the whole philosophy here is, is getting out of debt. And, and obviously, if you only keep a car, you buy a new car or a new used car, and you have to borrow money, then you three years later, you do it again, and then three years later, you do it again, you never get out of debt. You never get out of debt. And, and what I always encourage folks, we had a, a couple of older ladies that were in our business, and I'm, I've mentioned this previously, but they were they had a car that was failing. It was time to retire it, pull the plug. And they, they rely on me. They, they know, they've known me for over 20 years, and they rely on me to help them out well they came to me and said hey i've got this opportunity to buy this used car and i don't think they understood numbers completely so i said all right give me the numbers she said okay the car's 15 grand i said give me your car payments i said okay let's work this out and i said essentially what you're doing is you're paying 15 grand for the car and you're paying seven thousand dollars for interest expenses that's an entire used car for some people seven thousand dollars i said let's back the train up Let's go out and find a car, two to four thousand bucks. Okay, you guys are 
basic transportation. You're not going a long ways every day. Uh, they're both kind of semi-retired. Um, it was a it was a mother daughter situation. So my point is on this is a lot of people when they get into car payments they look at the amount of the car payment but they don't look at the principal and the interest that go into it. So we backed the train up. They were able to buy a car for, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks, whatever the case may be. They, they essentially wrote a check for it. So now what they can do is turn around and write checks to themselves and make car payments to themselves and save up money for their next car and kind of stair step into a higher value vehicle. And I listen to Ramsey once in a while on WMED at night, and he's a That's big, David Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. He's a big advocate of this. Um, that's not where I learned it, but I've, it was reinforced when I heard it from Dave Ramsey that make car payments to yourself, period. Ignore that money, put it off to the side, save For, it. Forever. Forever. And you can you can do that. People can do that if they really examine their finances. But the point of what I'm telling you here is always examine how much interest you're paying toward these car, this car that you're going to buy. Because what I think it does is it kind of gives people a perspective in terms of what the true expenses are going to be on the vehicle in terms of car payments. Because everybody looks at it, you know, one of my techs came to me, he's a pretty wise guy, and he said, you know what, Brett? He said, what you have to accept is in our society is people, there are a certain amount of people that expect to make car payments the rest of their life, and you can't change that. And I said, well, I can, I can maybe put a little dent in it if I can explain to people the expense of making car payments all the time. So um, we really kind of try to teach that philosophy. Go ahead. You got a question. You might want to say that the other way. I would say I agree with him, the wise guy. Uh, the difference is who are you going to make a car payment to? Yes. Because the cost of transportation is something that's going to be with us forever. As long as until you, until you go into the nursing home or the funeral home, you're going to be paying for the cost of transportation in one way or another. The, the idea that you're talking about here is owning a car long enough to get it paid for and then continue making those car payments, but instead of making them to the bank, you make them to yourself in a separate little account here, over here so that over a period of time, when you eventually have to get rid of that car, you've got enough saved up so you can pay cash for that new car, new or new used or whatever car you buy. The, the incredible part is when I believe when people start paying cash for their vehicles and they save up this little account of eight or ten or twelve thousand dollars off to the side or six thousand dollars whatever it is they make a better decision when buying that car when they're signing up for three hundred fifty dollar a month car payments I don't think the decision's quite as um, uh, well thought over is, is I guess that's a good way to put it um, so you, if you can change that philosophy in your life and get to that point, where you make those payments to yourself, you're going to be thousands of dollars ahead down the road. Yeah, you mentioned an account of eight or ten thousand dollars. Actually, more than that. If 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 the average car payment, let's just say four hundred dollars for easy figuring, yeah. four hundred dollars a month. If you started putting that into an account at twelve months a year, that's forty eight hundred dollars. Round it off to five thousand for easy figuring. If you did that for five years, do the math. That's twenty five thousand dollars. It's a chunk of change. Yeah, chunk of change. And then if you only spent twenty thousand on that next car. Now you're starting out in that account with $5,000 and it just becomes easier and easier after that. And especially down the road, if you happen to lose your job and get into a financial bind, look what, look what a better situation you would be in if you had done that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a couple of things I want to lay out in terms of, um, 
you know, the car industry, talk a little bit about leasing, talk a little bit about car sales. Car sales, the average profit for each vehicle for the dealer is a new car is only $82. Okay. Really? Um, That's hard to believe. Yep. But, <laughs> but if the dealer is able to finance it, the average profit is $775. So there's a, there's a definitely a, a, an interest for the dealer to finance a car. So getting back to pay yourself money so you don't have to get into this game of who's paying that profit, the guy buying the car, not anybody else, the guy buying the car. Now, does that have anything to do with what the interest rates are? For example, right now, interest rates are very low mm -hmm. historically. Oh, yeah, that definitely affects it. W would that go up then if interest rates start going back up, which yes. they will eventually? They will eventually. You and I both know that, especially you being a former realtor. You know that's going to happen. Of course, we've been saying that for years. Um, here's another significant number. There's a $1,300 profit if the dealer arranges a vehicle lease. And I read a book years ago titled Millionaire Next Door. And one of the things that he strongly encouraged against is ever getting into leasing a vehicle, which is essentially renting a car and giving it back. So a couple numbers on this vehicle leasing or renting, whatever you want to call it. I call it renting a vehicle. Um, take a $22,000 vehicle. It's got the value of its $22,000. You lease it for three years. It's got about a $10,000 value after three years of leasing. So that lease payment of $333 is designed to cover the $12,000 loss of value. Um, there's also interest on that $333. So the other deal where they get you is if you go our, over the allotted amount of miles, which is typically 10, 12 to 15,000 miles a year, they're going to charge you a dime to 17 cents a mile. Okay. They also tack on penalties for what they call excessive wear and tear. Anything. If there's a nick, if there's a dent, if there's a carpet tear, there's a smudge, any kind of bad aroma in the car, they will charge you for it. So I've done the numbers on the vehicle leasing. I don't have them in front of me, but by and far, you're going to spend a lot more money per mile on these vehicle leases than you were to go out and buy a you know, $6,000 car, an $8,000 or $10,000 or $12,000 car to start yourself off. So if your child throws up on the carpet? And... That's not a good thing for your wallet. That's going to hurt. Um, they, they actually, the article that I read actually considered, um, car leasing. They call it the car fleecing of America. It is an amazing way to strip a lot of money away from people, um, because they turn around and sell the car for a very good profit. Um, is, is it a bad thing they're doing it? Absolutely not. It's a way to introduce new cars into the market, but somebody is paying for that big depreciation and it's not the dealer and it's not the manufacturer. You're paying for it. And then some. Um, I stand corrected on that new cars losing an average of 40%. They actually lose an average of 60% of their value in the first four years. So a $28,000 vehicle would lose about $17,000 in the first four years. That's a chunk of change. So here, here we go back to the philosophy of trying to change people's habits of, you know, don't buy new, buy new used, keep it for a long period of time and um, go from there. So did you know the average millionaire drives a car that's two years old, not a brand new car? So interesting little fact, most millionaires are not sitting there. They're flashy people. and They're not like Donald Trump. Not like Donald Trump, no. So any other <laughs> questions you might have? Well, I think, uh, I think it's just an interesting discussion. And I think the big challenge in this discussion, in this, in this uh, frame of reference, is to get people, again, away from this idea of viewing their car as a status symbol, as an exciting toy, and viewing it strictly from a financial standpoint. And, and then, and of course, then the challenge is getting 
people to stand back and look at their whole lifestyle from a financial standpoint. And it just seems, especially in these days when there's a, a lot of pressure on salaries moving down, mm-hmm. I think it just becomes more an emphasis on companies get, getting rid of pension plans and so forth. And you're really, you have to be responsible for your own financial situation. And I think that's one of the things that's coming through here. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm driving at is it's not, somebody else is not going to take care of your retirement plan. Somebody else, you know, they're not going to take care of your decisions. Unless on your Bernie Sanders gets elected. Exactly. He's going to take care of everything, but we digress. Um, so, you know, overall encourage people to keep those cars 250,000 miles. It helps their wallet. It helps their retirement plan. It helps their kids college fund. Um, tremendous impact. You know, as we said during the conversation, if you can keep a car from, you know, 75,000 miles up to 250,000 miles, you're going to essentially put over a hundred grand in your pocket over 50 years time. Great. A big chunk of money. All right. Well, this has been a very interesting discussion. So, Brett, I appreciate it very much that you would share this uh, wisdom with us. And uh, maybe you should bring that wise guy on, and he could uh, share some of his wisdom with with respect to cars. One one thing I did want to mention, I know we have very little time left. There's a lot of information I just covered here. Um, I actually wrote a book, and it is not a promotion of the book. It is simply a promotion. My mind has a hard time wrapping my head around stuff like this if somebody's telling me verbally. I like to sit down on my own quiet time and read. So what I did is I laid a lot of this information out, put it in a very short book. You can read it in one night and it's dirt cheap, 10 bucks. And I've had a lot of grandparents and parents come in and give this book to their kids before they start driving because it's not just turning the key, putting gas in it and going. There's a lot more to a vehicle than just being able to do that. So, All right. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thanks for joining us. Today on The Car Guy and PeoriaLife.com, and we'll see you next week. PeoriaLife.com.